Portal 2 is out, and so are the haters. Prey 2 shows some promise, but we're still wondering why it's called Prey 2. PSN has been compromised, and quite possibly, all of your personal information. That plus more on today's MASHcast. Another edition of the Mash Those Buttons Mashcast. I'm Jared, and I'm here with the oh-so-wise Jason Worsitz. Hello there. And the oh-so-pretty Rob Hill-Williams. Don't hate me because I'm beautiful. That's right, folks. Um, 14 suns have risen, and 14 moons have risen, which means it is time for us to talk about games again. And get all biblical, too. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this is Mashcast number six, and um, quite a quite a bit has happened in the last two weeks. Um, or maybe you know one thing has happened in the last two weeks as far as the universe is concerned. Yes, we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. Yes, the one important thing, but um, yeah, we're looking at you, PlayStation Network, but we'll get to that later. Um, got a lot to cover, a lot to talk about, so let's just hop right into it. Um, Rob, what you been playing? Um, surprisingly enough, uh, after a nine-month, eight-month absence uh, of leaving MMOs behind and not playing Final Fantasy XI anymore, I picked the game back up again and started playing. Um, so, uh, yeah, continuing four years of playing that game. <laughs> uh, on top of that, let's see, I've been playing Portal 2 quite a bit. And in fact, there should be a review up on the site very uh, soon about that game that I wrote. Um, excellent, by the way. And <laughs> and then, uh, let's see, uh, then there's Mortal Kombat. Because, heck, what else really happened last week except for those two games? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's been, that's been what I've been playing. All right, cool. All good times. How about you, wise Jason? Where is it? Well, I've been flexing my RTS muscle by playing a couple bit more matches of StarCraft II, trying to get out of goal with little success, spending far too much money on League of Legends. I've also picked up Dark Spore for review purposes for the site. I'll get into that way, way later. And uh, beyond that, I've been dabbling with Mortal Kombat. I like it, but I have no idea what's going on in that game. Well, that's kind of a requisite for playing a Mortal Kombat game, is to not really understand what's happening. But at least all they're I, trying to retell the story this time. Well, all I know is I figured out how to do stage fatalities and I threw a guy into a train, so I was pretty happy about that. Oh, well, that's all you need. Exactly, like, what are you <laughs> what complaining <else>? about? <laughs> yeah, exactly, like, what do you... I, I don't know, we gotta talk about you on this podcast later on, Jason. I, I do not say so I don't like ungrateful. I so ungrateful. Okay. Alright, I'm just saying. You don't gotta talk bad about it like that. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Hurt my feelings a little. 
Anyway, we're gonna move on. I'm playing, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, I have actually also been playing Mortal Kombat and uh, been having a good time. Um, I really don't care about the story, <laughs> so it doesn't it doesn't matter much. Just it's just a really fun game to play. So and I've been playing that. Uh, I've been playing um, StarCraft Two. Well, a couple matches of StarCraft Two, but um. Section 8 Prejudice, I've gotten my hands on and was have been playing that. And I've been having a great time. Because um, I, I got a chance to play it at PAX and I thought it was good. And then I picked it up when it came out last week. You know, um, which that was, a uh, that's pretty tough. Like, I didn't expect them to release that game the same week as Portal. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or or Mortal Kombat, but hey, they did. Um, but it's still a good game. I did get a chance to play it quite a bit and been having a good time with that. Um, Outland, been, uh... Yeah, I've been playing that. Actually, I just started playing that today, and I, that was my game of the show for PAX East. And the game is still still awesome. And I'll have a review up on the site for that in a couple of days. Um, also, been playing Portal Two. I mean, I think everybody has been playing Portal Two. Well, of course, everybody here has been playing Portal Two, but but everybody everybody's been Portal playing 2. Portal Two. You know, um, and actually, that's where we're gonna hop into like directly into our topics from. Like the first thing we want to talk about is the reaction from Portal 2. Because apparently, even people who hate Portal 2 can't help but play Portal 2. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Like, there's been a lot of backlash um, from Portal 2, and I think it stems from a couple things. Um, first of all, uh, people were mad about the ARG. Um, they were mad that, you know, once they completed the ARG, Portal 2 didn't open up... Um, you know, that Friday. Uh, instead, they were greeted with, uh, well, if you would like to make Portal 2 open early, you know, play these games. So people were pretty upset about that. Um, that didn't help too much. Uh, actually, I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah, I, mean, I think that was about it, really. I was like, yeah. what else happened? <laughs> well, they, they, I, guess I would say in terms of events, that was the biggest thing. Um, I have another... I have another theory that I want to talk about, but I, I want to get you guys' thoughts on the whole Portal 2 fiasco first. And for anybody who doesn't know, um, Portal 2's been getting great reviews, um, you know, from the from the critics and reviewers, okay? But that only says so much because, as we've discussed before, reviewers can give a, a, a game that should be a 7 or 8 a 10, you know. Except for me. I don't do that. Yeah, except for Rob. <laughs> we're, we're, we're above that. Hey, here, it matched those buttons. You know, I'm putting my fingers together like Mr. Burns right now. You can't see that, but I am. But, um, yeah, we, uh, basically, like, for example, I guess my biggest example was GTA 4. No way that game deserved to be a 10 out of 10. You know what I'm saying? And yet it uh, got one from everybody under the sun pretty much yep. yeah so i you know i can understand that but the scores that a lot of users have been given portal 2 are just downright brutal and then a lot of lies are accompanying those like one one metacritic user review said the game only lasts four hours that's bullshit uh, that's total bullshit there's no way he got through the game without cheating in four hours and or just sitting there following uh you know, a tutorial, or, or not a tutorial, but like a, you know, a walkthrough of the game, which I don't even know why you use a walkthrough with Portal 2, because you shouldn't have bought it then, because you're not actually trying to solve puzzles, you're just 
going through what somebody else solved the puzzles doing. Exactly. <laughs> dialogue too. It defeats the purpose of, of playing the game, but like there's, there's there's more than four hours of dialogue in the single player. So there's no way he only it was only four hour only a four hour game. Um, people were also complaining that oh my god, there's eighty dollars of DLC on the first day. I'm like okay. Um, now, I, I'm going to put the side note in there. I didn't play Portal 2 when it first came out. I didn't play Portal 2 until the Saturday after it came out. So I'm sitting there reading these reviews, listening to all these people, and I'm like, huh, I wonder what the real deal is. Um, but, you know, when I did play the game, like I said, the game is definitely more than four hours long. And then when I got a chance to check out the DLC, the DLC is like, it has no impact on the game. It's not Zero. like Katamari Damacy for 360 where you got a third of a game and then the rest of it you had to buy levels in DLC. Portal 2 is, for $60, if you never connected to the internet, even if you didn't play multiplayer with someone else, just playing the single-player game, I say that Portal 2 is worth $60. Oh, I agree. It's not... On its own, it is worth the money without adding any DLC, without co-op, without anything else, the the quality of the story, the puzzles, and what you get for that game is worth $60 in the single player on its own. Flat out. I I broke no arguments with that because, like, that's... That game was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, well, what else are people saying? Well, for, I guess back to DLC quickly. Um... They, like if you if you haven't seen the DLC, it's stuff like skins for your robots, um, outfits for your robots, gestures for your robots. There are no extra levels or anything like that. People just picking a fight for no reason. Like, oh my god, that should have been included with the game. No, it should have been included with the game. I mean, it's it's optional. <laughs> you know, you don't but, have um, to buy any of it, and it, and none of it keeps you from experiencing the full game as it was intended. Yeah. None of it. So the complaints are bare. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like there was another like I read another review like, oh, this game looks terrible. I'm like, maybe your computer's the problem because I'm running on max graphics and this I the game looks incredible. Like I after playing this game, I'm like, the source engine has to be the greatest game engine of all time. I mean it came out back in like 2003, 2004. Well, 2004, Class when Half Life 2 came out. So that's when we were first seeing the Source Engine. And almost a decade later, even after the competitors, like, you know, the Unreal 3 engines out and the Crytek, new Crytek engines out, it's still making incredible looking games. Like, okay, yeah, you know, I can't see the dew falling off of a leaf. But that's okay. I mean, like it's it's still like the 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 textures look great, the water looks great, the uh, the animations look great. It's just the game itself looks really good. So, you know, you haters just need to take a seat. <laughs> just just take a seat. But um, uh, what are you guys' thoughts on what's been happening with the with the whole Portal Two thing? I mean, I, you've gotten my viewpoint. The game was the game was magnificent and and worth the money. And it's not four hours long. You've already called BS on that, and it's the truth. It's not four hours long. I would say it's at least fifteen, probably like all told, with the single, with the co op and the and the single player. Um, the the argument about DLC 
it like I said, it's nothing that you need to complete the game. Um, in fact, the first package that actually has additional levels and like and some additional stuff for DLC as far as actually being able to play it is going to be free. Completely null and voiding like any real argument that like oh my god DLC's in the front page and they're just trying to write like they're trying to rake up some of the coals. Like the fact that it's free of DLC on all three platforms, including 360, which like never has free DLC, is pretty amazing. Um, it, I, I don't see what all the the issues were really. Um, the the game was very very good. <laughs> so. Seriously. Stop complaining. <laughs> I know that people are upset it did not come out like half a week early, but the game is is good and that you can't really change that. I get being upset that you took your you know, took a four day weekend and we're gonna play Portal and then it didn't get released, but really I've already said I didn't expect that game to get released that early anyway, so that's my thoughts. Uh, what about you, Jason? Haters be hating? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, in all honesty, like you got, I mean, every time I try to think of something to say, Rob just perfectly says it first. But I mean, like I play through that game, and I never marathon anything. I find it so hard to sit still for more than an hour and a half at the most without needing to walk around or do some sort of errand or chore. But like I sat through that game and I played it front to back. It took about seven, eight hours for the single player playthrough. Dabbled in co-op. I'm gonna play more tomorrow, but uh, when I can find time, at least. But again, like all that DLC stuff is strictly cosmetic. I mean, it's like, oh, here's an audio surf flag for Peabody. Oh, do you want like a Rising Sun like chassis for Atlas? It's 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 like people that talk about the microtransaction games and they're just like, oh, you know, they charge you for everything. Well, no, they can charge a little bit for gameplay stuff, but they mostly charge for small little doodads to make your guy look different. And in the case of this, like you, like Rob said, the first DLC pack is free. There's it's a free pack for PC and for all consoles. And chances are pretty darn good knowing Valve's track record that, you know, if you bought it on PC, aka the right system, then other DC is going to be free as well. Yeah. Actually, yeah, they have confirmed that the DLC for the PS3 and the Xbox 360 will also be free, which is unprecedented because DLC is free on PC all the time, but you usually have to pay for it on the 360 or on the um, PS3, but Valve is going to eat that cost for for you this time so you can get that stuff for free. Like That's unheard of. Also, yeah. this DLC pack is called DLC pack number one, which clearly implies there's going to be more anyway. So if you're like, there's not enough gameplay or not enough content in Portal 2, like you rush through it for some reason, there's more stuff coming. I, I don't know. I'm a little bit irate because... I had just the best time with Portal 2. I couldn't have been happier with it, I think. Yeah. You know, if you can't be happy with Valve, you can't be happy with any developer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. I mean, Valve has consistently shown that they are pro-community, and, and they do what they can. I mean, these people are the same people who complained when the Manco store opened up in TF2. And I played TF2 religiously, and the Manco store opening up, which I haven't sent, I haven't spent a single cent in that store. I, it has not affected my gameplay. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm, you, I, I only started playing recently, and it's not like I'm sitting around getting trampled over by people because they bought stuff off the store. I, you can still collect all of that stuff pretty much on like within the course of the game by achievements and stuff. Exactly. So, and it's, it's things still stay the same, like. I play sniper most of the time. I shoot you in the face, you die. That's it. I don't care if yeah. you spend thirty dollars on your on your alligator outfit or not. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? It, it's like, largely cosmetic stuff. It's because, you know, that's what people play and they want to spend the money to have their heavy or their scout look the way that they want it to. Or yeah. they want to support Japan and buy, you know, a crazy samurai hat for their, you know, for their TF2 guy. It's, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's optional. It's optional. <laughs> I didn't even see the samurai hat. Oh, they've had a whole suite of them, dude. I haven't logged in forever. Still up. <laughs> uh, you're failing hard, Jason. Apparently. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think, and I can't confirm this, of course, but I think a lot of the people who are complaining, they sound like PC gamers to me. <laughs> you know, I know that community well. I'm a PC gamer myself. But that whining that that I'm hearing, it sounds like ungrateful PC gamers. I mean, it's like... Oh wow, we should get this for free. Oh wow, that shoot that 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 skin should have been included for free. Like, why do I have to pay two dollars for it? Like, the game developers should be doing more for us. Like, I mean, seriously, dude. I mean, first of all, PC got it for cheaper. If you pre-ordered it, I mean, at the minimum, you would pay forty-five bucks, I believe, and you could pre-order in some places and you get it for thirty bucks because yeah. we got it on PC. So, I mean. What like what do you want? Like what? How far are you expecting your your money to stretch? You know what I'm and saying. If you got it on PS3. You paid sixty dollars, but you got a copy for PC for free. Also. Exactly. <laughs> like who does that? Who does that? Nobody, except Valve. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And like that 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 is an example of of somebody thinking that, or well, expecting too much from the developer. I mean. It's it's amazing that people will bitch about this and Valve and Valve not including eighty dollars of non gameplay specific DLC, but then not complain about Activision putting out the same game at sixty bucks a pop for the last four or five years. You know what I'm saying? Like who? Like you know, people quietly. Uh, it's not necessarily quietly, but people like kind of murmur about Call of Duty being the same game, but yet they go out and they play it, and then they will buy the DLC packs, and they will the overpriced, grossly overpriced <laughs> DLC packs <laughs> for Call yes. of Duty. Yes, the grossly overpriced DLC packs for Call of Duty. And then complain that Valve didn't give them a Viking hat on their co-op robot, and they don't even play co-op. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And like, they spent too much time speed running through the single player game so they could go post a negative review on Metacritic and sales for hours long. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like there's people who I know there's people who are complaining that they didn't get the DLC included, and they don't even play the co-op. You know, like come on, come on, come on, guys. Come on. I mean, and, I, and, and really, I think that that pretty much gives the next question, the next thing on our list. Are we expecting too much from game developers? Especially, I mean, in light of stuff like the Portal incident so far, it, <laughs> it's a simple question. Are we? Like, I mean, there's like a sense of entitlement that's kind of not scary because you always want as much as you can get for the money that you're spending. You always want your dollar to go as far as possible. It's not unusual to want that. But really, I've already said, for $60, it was a quality gameplay experience. And I will take quality over just drawn-out quantity of 
for just no reason, just we're just gonna we're gonna make Portal Two a hundred hours long. Can I explain to you how much I would have wanted to go and throw myself under a bus <laughs> if Portal Two had been a hundred hours long? Seriously, it, it works because it's a well-crafted story with good characters and and like fantastic dialogue and good puzzles, and to make it a incredibly long game or to over bloat the game for no reason makes it less than what it is. Portal would not have been the hit that it was if Portal was 30 hours long. It it literally just wouldn't have worked. People would have gotten bored before you ever found out the cake was a lie. <laughs> the cake is a lie? It's too much. Exactly. <laughs> oh it no. It could be a lie. We're still not sure. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. I know god, you know. Four four years later, <laughs> I'm a terrible person. I'm so sorry. Uh, that's okay. That's but okay. I mean, really though, I mean, do we? Are we expecting too much of game developers? Um, me personally, I don't think so. <laughs> I, I think me personally, every game I got to kind of evaluate what's in the game versus what I use versus what I paid for it. You know what I'm saying? Like for example, um, Gears being sixty bucks worth it for some people because some people play the multiplayer like crazy. Me, Gears, not worth it at 60 bucks because I only play the single player and I'm not going to pay 60 bucks for five hours of gameplay. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I'm not going to sit here and, and, and bash Gears wide open because, you know, it's $60 for the single player when I know that you're, a lot of, that you're really playing for the multiplayer but it's just something I don't play. Um, I think most... I think a lot of people do expect too much. Actually, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say this, because this is the, the thought that I'm actually having. Say what you really think. I think the console community does not... They don't expect enough from their games. I think the PC community, in a lot of cases, expects too much from their games. You know what I'm saying? Like, they expect... Um, like the PC community, like would expect the game to come out, then free maps every couple months. Let's say in the first-person shooter, um, free modding tools, which uh, I can kind of, I think, I think free modding tools is still a good idea. You know what I'm saying? But um, you know, they want all these different services for free and all this different stuff for free. Like every new update, they want for free. You know, because that's I guess that's kind of what they're used to. But I mean, times are changing. You know the cost of development has is has substantially gone up, so you really can't expect all this stuff just to be to be free. I mean, people are logging hours and getting paid to make this stuff. You know, and once you buy the game, if you're not paying for the DLC or for the additional features, you're not. I mean, your sixty bucks is already gone. You know that you're not really you're not contributing anything else to it. You know, and for the backlash that the PC community gives to some developers, like, namely Valve, like, you know, like, for example, like, they backlashed at them, you know, for some things that they did in TF2, you know, like, one thing being the Manco store, and I'm like, how much free stuff has Valve given you? They've given you free game modes, free new game modes, free maps, and continue to just update content, you know? At least six updates. At least. Yeah, you know, so, I mean, or even look at, uh, well, I was going to say, uh, well, I, I, actually, I can say Battlefield, um, 
depending on which version you bought. So maybe eh, that might be a bad example. I was going to say Battlefield, Bad Company. If you got the limited edition, I think you got the first map pack for free. Yeah, I think you got like the first guy. I have it sitting somewhere, but I'm really not going to go get it. But I think it was like the first two or three map packs actually you got for free. Got for free. Actually, I think one of the, at least one of those map packs came in an update, didn't it? Probably. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really, really not, really don't have it in front of me. Can't even remember. Yeah. It's been a while. It's been a little bit. We're going to erase that bad example. (laughs) But, um, uh, I guess because my mind is so focused on Valve right now. (laughs) You know, it's like, um, Valve, like, you know, plus I play a lot of, you know, when you play PC, you play a lot of Valve games. You play Left 4 Dead. You play, you know, TF2. You play, you know, whatever. But, um, you know, as a as a as a community PC gamers, a lot of I think they expect too much for their, you know, fifty bucks. Not even sixty for their fifty bucks in this day and age. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? In this day and age, it's, it, it it makes a difference. You know, I'm done. <laughs> you guys can talk now. <laughs> Jason, go. <laughs> I'm just I'm just, I'm writing down tallies for all the ranch Jared's gonna say during this podcast. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a big black chalkboard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, make make that noise with your scroll wheel. That way, I know you're marking. Do you it. want me to? <laughs> no, please okay. don't. Because <laughs> my hands right here. Uh, as far as as far as like are you expecting too much or too little? It, here's the thing for me. I work 40 hours a week on one job. I work a lot of time on the website as well. And I know a lot of people my age doing the exact same. You know, when I was like 15, if a game was like 10 hours long, I would call BS. Unless I was going to play the multiplayer. I mean, I got a lot of people that come to my store and they say the same thing. Like, oh, this game's only six hours. It's garbage. I'm like, yeah, but you're also, you're in high school. So you have a lot of free time on your hands. Like for me, a game like Portal, like that's going to take me basically between eight and ten hours to finish is fine because it last me a while and there's multiplayer it, it, quite honestly like some games can be 30 hours 40 hours long look at fall new vegas and all of those you you get a lot of bang for your buck because those games manage to pace themselves to the point where you want to keep exploring but like rob said if portal was like a 30 hour affair i would never get through even a portion of that I, I think the big thing really is just like, you know, the size of the game should match not just the type of game itself, but the quality of it. I mean, it's one thing to have, you know, like let's look at the first portal. Three really good, really short hours. Or ten decent hours with a lot of stuff kind of thrown to the mix, like some good parts and bad parts. I'd rather have a lean experience and be happy with the whole experience than have a game that starts strong slog through the middle part and then you know it gets good near the end again hmm. yeah I mean it. I guess it all depends on for, for you actually no for me and I think anybody that's sensible it'd be how long the game is versus what you're doing yeah and also quality of what you're getting for those hours I mean yeah if it's an average game and it goes for you know 20 hours then you're like well I got enough for my money because it isn't at that point. It's not even about like, is the game really like awesome or is it really not? It's how much, you know, they're kind of almost different questions. You know, am I getting enough for the money that I'm spending? If it's an average game, but it occupies enough of your time, then you can forgive it being average, I guess, when you're talking about your money. But, you know, then when you sit down and talk about it with a friend, it's like, well, I wasn't that good compared to this. But, you know, the game that could be better can be shorter. You know, you're not talking about a game that's two hours long and obviously didn't need to be $60 or $50 or or what have you. You're talking about a game that 
at eight hours if you're just talking about single player. And 60 bucks is as much as you pay all told to go see a movie in IMAX, you know, or even in fake IMAX at a movie theater for that many hours. That's as much money as you pay. And how many movies have you seen recently that were worth that much money? <laughs> like, all put together. <laughs> oh, snap. Jason, not Jason, uh, Rob Hill Williams with the logic bomb. But uh, but really, though, and even then, that's with tax. <laughs> it's like $64 a tax. I looked. It's like $16 to go see a movie in IMAX in the theater, you know, near me. And it, like, that's... <laughs> think about it. Just think about it next time. For that many hours, yeah. But you don't yeah. pay... Yeah, I mean, I... And that's if it's a two-hour movie. How many movies are there an hour and a half or less? I mean, I'm talking like two-hour movie. You know, you're getting you're getting that much money. You know, and that's that's how much you're getting out of it. So, like, really, I think that it's worth the money. And then you're, and then you're not even factoring, multi, you know, co-oping in the equation. If you're only a person who plays single player, it's still worth it. But that's because the game is quality. If the game was eh, no, it wouldn't be worth the money. That's perfectly understandable if, if Portal 2 wasn't a great game, that you would feel cheated, that you would feel like somebody took your money, because there's plenty of games out there where it's not worth the money, you know, for the hours that you're given, and, and you know, that, you know, basically what, what you guys have already said. Um, and it's just, it's just one of those weird things where, you know, you, you have, you do have to weigh what you're getting for, you know, what you paid for. If you got the game that you I, I guess I don't understand what people really wanted out of Portal 2 in that respect. That they bought the game, you know, paid their money for it, and then for some reason were, like, upset with the game that they got. I don't see how you could have been upset with Portal 2. <laughs> I really don't. I don't know what you were expecting if you were mad about that game. And that's, I guess, the, I guess it's confusion, too, at some extent. But when you're talking about the money portion of it, it makes sense to me. And... Yeah, I think, and we're going to move on after this, but I do think the bulk of it was the backlash or the anger they felt from, you know, when that countdown ended on the GLaDOS website. Right, for the and, ultimate reality game. Yeah, yeah, and then the ARG revealed, hey, play these games or, you know, buy the potato sack to, you know, to unlock Portal too early. That is That got a lot of people upset. So then they already went into Portal 2 with a negative attitude, you know. Yeah. But eh, it is what it is. Um, but to everybody who hasn't played Portal Two, I just you know we just want to let you know that they are lying. <laughs> there is absolutely nothing wrong with that if game. If we could tell you nothing else, then it is not four hours long, and it is worth it is worth your time to play it. Just seriously. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's that's where we're gonna we're gonna leave. You that may one not alone. think it's the game of the year, but it's not. It's not a four point seven. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. And, and we're gonna stop there on Portal Two because we can continue to talk about this for a long time. So if let's you talk could about tell. the next P game, then. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about Prey Two. <laughs> or as as we like to as we discovered in pre-show, like we like to call it Blade Runner because it is not Portal Two. I'm right, no, sorry, it is not Prey 2. Definitely not Portal 2. It's definitely not Portal 2. There's, There's no more no portals. portals. <laughs> There's, no, <yeah. laughs> There's no portals in Prey 2. There were in the first one. There's not anymore, and not in the second one. So That's the twist. Don't even have that. <laughs> yeah. So there was an event um, where Bethsaida showed off. They showed off Prey 2. And um, the impressions of it were very good. 
you know, like the the game looked good. Um, it's a highly modified. Well, I'll say the 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 engine it uses is id Tech Four, but it's highly modified. It's pushing the engine to its limits. Um, I mean, the stills from the game look good, and um, according to this article on Joystick, the actual graphics and gameplay look good as well. Um, they said he said that there were some uh, some very smooth like um, parkour elements. When, you know, your character is, you know, running from rooftop to rooftop, you know, in this alien city. Yeah, um, they have they have visual cues now. Like, he'll he'll raise his hand, like, if it's something that, like, or remove his arm a certain way. If it's something that you can actually make as far as a jump, as opposed to you just like, I think I can make it, and then jumping off to your death. And, you know, they, they have, like, kind of forgiveness elements. Like, if you're close enough, like, it's one of those things that will grab a bar or something like that. And, you know, you'll still be able to continue without too much loss of momentum. Like, it's got cool ideas. It's it, If the game wasn't Prey 2... I might be interested, but it's not Prey 2. Like, it's not Prey. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it, they should have just named the game something else instead of Prey 2 because it has absolutely nothing to do except being in the same universe, which we talked about in a previous podcast why this whole idea of a human becoming a bounty hunter doesn't work because in Prey 1, you are food. You are food to them. You know what I'm saying? There's no way that they would take a human and make it a bounty hunter. But anyway, I digress. The um, other odd thing, too, actually, on that level, is the fact that not only now is there, you know, one alien race that you're, uh, well, not even against now, I guess, in this point, but that you're interacting with, is that, like, now there's, like, multiple alien races, like, it's just some alien cosmopolitan area where it's just a whole bunch of different kinds of aliens running around, which is kind of a departure there, too. It, it It's just got, like, weird things going on that don't make a whole lot of sense in the universe that Prey set up to call it Prey to. Yeah, exactly. But, well, yeah, we're moving on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously, but, um... I mean, one more thing, though. <laughs> <laughs> one, on. one more thing. <laughs> The name of the game, Prey, it was called Prey because, like I said, they came to the planet to harvest you for food. I mean, you were their prey. The name of the game makes no sense anymore. That's all I had. <laughs> the name of the game well, that's, just a... that's fine. It's just a, basically what we're saying is there's a whole bunch of things that don't make any sense as to why they sat around in a meeting and said, you know what? Let's make Prey 2, but have it be nothing like like somebody pitched an idea and they were like, cool, let's call it Prey 2. And they are like, what? <laughs> <laughs> That's what it seems like. It, it, it's not a, a, fall, like a failing of the game. It's not a failing of the developer, necessarily. Uh, it's just a failing of naming it, really, it is what it is. It, it's a very slick-looking game otherwise. It will, I'm sure it will generate some interest. But for anybody who played Prey and is expecting a real sequel, even despite the supposed to be a, a cameo appearance by Tommy from the first game, but like really outside of that, like there's no nothing to really tie the two games together, you know. Like unless there's something like really big and crazy that they're hiding, it's it's it just doesn't make much sense, basically. Yeah. And thank you for listening for the Mashcast, the only podcast on the internet that cares this much about Prey. <laughs> <laughs> 
What is yeah. that? That's been like three weeks straight, or three, three podcasts straight. There's <laughs> been a lot of prey talk. There has been a lot of prey talk, but that's because prey. Feel strongly about prey. I do. Prey was a very underrated game. Like prey was awesome, and now they're just squandering that memory away. You know what I'm saying? Like okay. that's my childhood. We're talking about now. That's your childhood. <laughs> no, it's not my childhood. <laughs> you grew up on Halo, man. <laughs> Oh, uh, yes, if you've listened to other podcasts, you would get that. So go ahead and listen to the backlog of the Mashcasts, and you'll get that joke. But, um, yeah, so let's start cool stuff about the game. <laughs> uh, one thing I did think was cool, well, one is the, the morality system, which we, we've seen before, but, you know, they talked about um, a few things. Uh, one where you're trying to get some information from an informant and he asks for money, you can either A, you know, pay him the money, or B, you can throw his bodyguard off of the, off of the uh, you know, wherever you are off of the roof. And uh, when you do that, you know, he'll give you the money, but then, you know, he owes you. Well, actually, you owe him for the bodyguard that you just killed. And, you know, it goes from there. And also, um, you know, whether you kill certain people or, you know, capture people or kill them. Or, like, uh, you know, sometimes your bounty will offer you more money than the, uh, you know, the person who actually put the bounty in. You know, that affects your morality as well. So I would expect to see maybe even, like, you know, the game path or endings change based off of that. Um, Apparently there's a lot of decision making in the game. Like, like, you know, certain places you need to get into, you will... um, you know, there's multiple entrances, and we're talking about more than two or three. We're talking about like twelve, and depending on which one you go through, it'll affect you know things later on in the game. Yeah, and the hands-off demo that they saw, there was the one place that you were trying to get into to chase a bounty had at least six different entrances, like six different point of entr- entrances that had different you know positives and negatives to using them, you know, one over the other. It's not just this. It's not just a case of like, oh, you can go in the back door and be stealthy, or you can go in the front door and be loud. Like, there's a lot more options aside from that. Like, do you use parkour? Do you walk in? Do you walk in the front door? Do you take a human shield or an alien shield? I guess in this case, and you know, try and use it against the bounty. Um, there, there's a lot of different choices to be made, which is which is cool as long as we don't get stuck in that like kill this guy and be bad, kill, you know, save this guy and be good. That you know we seem to see in a lot of games too. Like if it's more like a reputation system, like Red Dead, which is kind of what they're making it sound like, it'll be very cool for morality reasons. It's more about reputation and morality than just like good choice, bad choice. I'm good guy. My eyes glow, you know, blue. I'm bad guy. My eyes glow red. So. That's how good guys and bad guys talk. <laughs> of course but, they um, do. The games are you playing? <laughs> <laughs> um, another cool thing that they mentioned was that the gun, you can actually holster your weapon, which in the first one shooter was like, why would I want to holster my weapon? Well, apparently everybody reacts to the weapon being pulled out in their face, which kind of makes sense because in real life, if, you, if somebody's trying to thank you for saving their life, and you have a gun pointing in their face, they're going to react a little differently than if it was holstered. So, You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you'd, you'd feel a little bit differently about, you know, speaking to a police officer. They just ran around, like, just waving their guns everywhere. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so basically, like, having the gun pointed in people's faces can either make them cower, quiver, answer questions, be more resistant, or even start shooting at you. So... There's a lot of cool things in this game that they are calling Prey to. 
<laughs> they are calling for it to us. Yes, <laughs> it is a lot of cool things, and I am genuinely interested in checking out the game known as Prey Two. But the game is not Prey. I'm sorry, it is not Prey. Maybe we should petition them to change the name of the game. Please don't call the name of this game Prey Two. I know you got promotional material out there, but that's okay because the trailer's still cool. You know. Like, please. They, they're not going to change the name because it's a brand recognition, and that's why it probably even got called Prey 2 in the first place. What game are we not really going to bring back? Uh, what about Prey? We put that out a while ago. We're not going to use that. Let's call this game Prey 2. And people <laughs> recognize it, and people buy it because of the name. It'll get more recognition that way. And it has. Even if it's negative, press is still press. And I would even be happy. About it. <laughs> I would be happy if they just took the Prey symbol, dropped the Prey 2 name, and then called it the game formerly known as Prey. <laughs> just the symbol. <laughs> just the symbol. Oh, boy. Oh, I will boy. be happy with that. <laughs> let's get it. Let's, let's move on. Let's talk about a non-first-person game. Let's talk about Need for Speed The Run. Um, information just came out. Actually, I think information leaked out one day, and then EA's like, okay, the jig is up, and then released other information about it. That's pretty pretty much what happened. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And so basically, um, I think, uh, what was it? Was it box art that was seen? Or was it, um... Uh, A publisher, not a publisher, like a, um... Like an outlet put up uh, box art and a release date for the game, like prior to anything else being released. But considering like they had full box art for the game and and the actual date of the game, which turned out to be true, it wasn't just like this is a rumor. It was oh, we're putting this up on our site for like a pre-release. Like you can you know reserve this game because it's coming out then. And here's the box art. And it, I guess they kind of flubbed that because they weren't supposed to do it. Because then yeah, it was like oh. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, all the information started coming out about it, you know. So, yeah, that's how that leaked, um, pretty much. But uh, once that information came out, then EA was a bit more um, willing to talk about it, since I guess you know they figured the, like, like I said, the jig is up, so they have to talk about it anyway. But uh, they're looking at a November fifteenth release date. Um, apparently you will race across multiple, um, states and multiple terrains, like not just, you know, wet roads like we've been doing for the last God knows how many years, you know, in every city there's a need for speed. It always looks like it just rained, you know, so. Because that's different, you know, it can't be dry asphalt and it rains, it's more treacherous. But this time you actually get, you know, mountains with avalanches and uh, explosions. And uh, there actually was a trailer for the game I, you know, looked at. And the there's a guy like it, it, like the guy I guess that you're supposed to be in the course of the game. Uh, there's a in the end of the trailer. There's like he's this car's overturned on a railroad track with a you know with a with a train coming at you, and it's you know the race of the race for your life, the race of your life. So it's you know it's supposed to be a very tense and I guess more story driven game, but at least it's kind of giving more I guess. Uh, locales and environments than we typically see, especially out of a Need for Speed game. Yeah, yeah, so, I mean, it's almost like, you know, cruising USA or cruising world 
actually meets, you know, good racing physics. <laughs> because uh, it probably... Actually, I do know it is using Frostbite 2 engine. Yeah. Um, for, and it's you also know, not being developed by Criterion either. Yes, thank God for that. But <laughs> it, don't get me wrong, didn't hate Hot Pursuit, but like, I played it for a few weeks and then I never picked it up again because it didn't really feel to me like it was worth playing or worth beating. I got so bored with the game because as we discussed on a preview on the one of, on I believe it was the first versus series podcast we did. Um it really felt like burnout meets hot pursuit with more burnout as opposed to it being more hot pursuit. And I know Rob likes it. Jason Worse likes I enjoyed it. it. Yeah. yeah. So right now I'm the only one that really appreciate them not pick well not giving this one back to criterion criterion's probably working on hot pursuit too probably and, and i mean it's not like it's a terrible thing to have another developer work on a need for speed game it's nice to get you know different ideas and new blood working on things so you know i as much as i liked hot pursuit it's not like i necessarily want to see every need for speed game be like that you know yeah. there's room for other other types other ideas yeah yeah but um yeah, so we should we can be expecting that on time, you know, as you know no, the November release dates that we were used to for Need for Speed, you know, just like Call of Duty comes in November, you can expect a Need for Speed. In fact, that's pretty close to when Need for Speed Hot Pursuit came out, actually. So, yeah, uh, I would say that's pretty, uh, pretty be pretty to be expected. <laughs> yeah, every year like clockwork. So, but at least Need for Speeds change, unlike Call of Duties. So you can't complain too much. Something else is changing, too. What's changing? The next game that we're going to talk about. Oh, you're talking about Sonic Sonic Generations. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, Sonic Generations, I am actually looking forward to. And I'm not one of those people who gets excited for every Sonic game and then gets let down. The only reason I'm actually looking forward to it is because Sonic Colors was actually pretty good. I... Definitely enjoyed Sonic Colors, which says a lot, because I don't like playing on the Wii, but I had a good time playing it on the Wii. Like it was like they had the per like you know between the 2D and 3D platforming, it was like a perfect mixture. But there was a trailer for Sonic Generations, and I'm not sure if if everybody's seen it. But um, you know, one part of the trailer shows the classic platforming, which is the classic Sonic with the gut, and you play as him and. The, the platforming piece is like, I guess what you want to compare it against is Sonic Sonic the Hedgehog 4. Sonic the Hedgehog 4, in my opinion, wasn't a good platform. I mean, did you guys play it? I did. What I did actually you? didn't get a chance to play Sonic Colors because my Wii was defunct at well, the time. What about Sonic the Hedgehog 4? Um, I played a little bit of it. Um, and not because it wasn't good, but it didn't really hold my attention, actually. So I guess it wasn't that good. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting ready to come back and say that. In a way, I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. Like, it's classic Sonic. But it felt kind of, I don't know, slower than it needed to be. In yes. A way. It, 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 was, it was very strange. Like They it, gave him weight. It, yeah. It's kind of hard to explain, but like... I mean, Sonic was always about you know momentum to keep going, but it felt like I was pushing a broken car uphill. Yeah. Every time I try to start moving in that game, and the levels are really lazily done. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, the poor level design, and the fact that his legs are moving really fast, but he's not going anywhere. That was my, my big problem with it. In the preview that they showed for Sonic Generations, the classic 
platforming section, it gave you a sense of speed. Even if you're not going that fast technically, which it did look like you were going fast, but if you're not going that fast, you still want that sense of speed. You know what I'm saying? That, that's what makes it look really good or play really well. Yeah, um, the original Sonics, if you, I mean, I've gone back and played my, my Genesis, and the original Sonics don't technically move that fast, but they make you feel like you do. Like, you know, the first Sonic the Hedgehog isn't like super crazy moving fast, blazing speed. You know, it, it, it's not like there's a streak of fire running across your screen because there were limits, but it still gave you that sense of speed. You know, you hit those loop de loops and you're like, yeah, I'm going fast. Like, it, there's no reason we shouldn't be able to get that now because Sonic 4 obviously failed at it, but Sonic Generations looks like it's taking a little bit better of attack. Yeah, I mean, if I had to compare the two, playing Sonic the Hedgehog 4, you know, like playing like the preview of Sonic Generations for the classic part looks like you're playing with pigskin, you know, but when it comes to Sonic the Hedgehog 4, it's like you're playing with a Nerf ball. You know if that makes any sense. Like it just it just seems like yeah, yeah. You know you're gonna go you're gonna go really fast, but you know gonna kind of keep it slow for you so you stay safe. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> that's what it feels like. You know what I'm saying? I, at first, I really had no idea where you were going with that, but I didn't want to stop you. <laughs> oh, okay. I still kind of don't. <laughs> you don't understand it? My nerf I, I get ball. where you're coming from, but. You it's can like, throw you can throw a Nerf football really fast. You know the ones that have a little vortex on the end. You could throw them like a hundred yards, and you could throw a football pretty fast too. But when it comes down to it, you have the potential to get yourself hurt with a foot, an actual pigskin. No, but what, what I'm saying is, I I listen. I had gym class. You throw a Nerf ball at that nerd hard enough in the face. Probably me. He's going to cry. I'm sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> you can just stop there. Hey, hey, I know what you're talking about. I took gym class. <laughs> yeah. Jason derailing podcast, but it was great. Thank you, sir. Yes. That was the I'm best laugh of the week. Actually, yes. that's not true. I did play Portal 2. It was the second best laugh I've had all week. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty uh, good laugh, though. <laughs> oh, dude. <Ooh>. But, yeah. <laughs> Well, I didn't take into consideration throwing Nerf balls into people's faces. I'm just talking about, you know, going with the safe ball over going with the real ball. You know, with Sonic the Hedgehog 4, they wanted to make it so that people who really didn't play Sonic, or I should say, they just want to make it easier for people to play and pick up versus keeping the game the way it was and keeping the challenge there to actually make it worth playing. You know, there's just certain games out there you don't need to to nerf. You don't need to nerf certain games because the reason people play them is because of the certain gameplay aspects that make them challenging. You know what I'm saying? So, but that's that's what I was trying to get at before you started talking about gym class. Um, now <laughs> they also had uh, uh, they also showed the 3D platforming part, which also thing I noticed that looks very fast. It looks it looks like, you know, you're going at a, at, a, at a good clip. And from what I can see, they also are they're including the the switch from 3D to 2D platforming parts in that section as well. Like, from, from pretty much like what they did with Sonic Colors. Well, they also did it in, um... God, what was the name of that terrible Sonic game? The one with the werehog. 
Sonic Unleashed. There we go. Yeah, yeah that's the thing. Like, it, and that's the that's where you know when I see the classic Sonic running around, I'm like, okay, you can't really screw that up too much. Um, and it looks like it's fast enough. It's when I see you know new Sonic, modern Sonic as they're calling him versus classic Sonic. That's where I kind of start getting worried because you know Sonic Adventure, Sonic Adventure Two, uh, you know Sonic uh, Sonic Unleashed. They, those games had good starts where you were Sonic and you were doing what you're supposed to do, which is run real fast. And it was fine. Until then, you got to the point where here's Sonic's friends, here's another level that now you're not running fast anywhere. You're platforming or walking through a city or talking to people or doing whatever stupid thing they have you do that messes up a Sonic game. And that's what worries me is that you know, as much as it's, it looks cool, it's one level that we've seen. And there's the potential for them to screw it up with modern Sonic. And it, I don't worry too much about classic Sonic, but like I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm going to want to play the whole game as classic Sonic, but I don't feel like that's even going to be an option. So, I don't know. It makes me worry a tiny bit. But if they can do what they should do, which is just make modern Sonic run real fast and do platforming, you know, do those platforming elements that are in Sonic, but not make them so stupid <laughs> as they do in the 3D ones, then it'll be fine. It's just the that uncertainty that I, when I see that, you know, modern Sonic is still kind of following those same path lines where you see it at first, you see the first, when they first show off the Sonic game, you see modern Sonic, and you're like, oh, game looks cool. And then six months later, a game comes out, and you're like, oh, that looks cool. And then you get to the second level, and you're like, oh, God, what happened? Well, that's you have not played Sonic Colors, so I would expect that reaction. But I think anybody who has who's played Sonic Colors will have a more hopeful outlook. Like if they if all they have to do is copy what they did in Sonic Colors, and I think they'll be okay. Sonic Colors, you didn't have to worry about all you know you know playing as somebody else or doing something stupid. I, I like I didn't beat Sonic Colors, but I don't even think you played as Tails in that game, not once. You know, to my knowledge, everything was you doing Sonic stuff. No flying planes and dodging missiles and, you know, while in the air and stuff like that. Like, just straight up going fast, jumping over stuff, hitting other stuff. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, as long as they... It remi- from looking at the video, it reminded me of Sonic Colors. And I really just hope that they keep that. And, you know, if they do, I think it's going to be okay. And I hope so too, <laughs> because as much as you know, I like every other person. I've been disappointed by Sonic games in the past. I always want this one to be different, and I yeah. hope that this one is different. So, right. you know, well, we've already had the different one though, and it was Sonic Colors. Yeah, I yeah, I know, I understand. I just, I mean, I, I you really don't. Play it. You don't no, understand. No, you sound like someone in an abusive relationship. You're like, oh, I love Sonic, and he loves me. <laughs> this time he's nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's kind of what it is, though. It is kind yeah. of it's a relationship. No, I saw him. He looks like he did it back in the old days. It's going to be good. And he's like, here's, here's my friend Shadow. He's got street cred. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude. Oh, man. All right, let's 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 stop talking about Sonic. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so... If, with the the, the um, link's going to be in the show notes if you want to check out the trailer. You know, check out the show notes. Um, but let's move on to the ER, ESRB... And the start of the machine takeover. This is well, how it all begins. Active, so it makes sense. 
<laughs> yeah, that is actually you are correct. That does make a lot of sense. Uh, basically, the ESRB is switching from you know people looking at the games and rating them to develop. Not just say developers, but oh well, yeah, well developers and publishers are going to fill out a questionnaire, um, and a, a detailed questionnaire. I'm not you know I don't want to confuse people and say hey it's going to be like five questions about your game and then you get a rating. Is but your de- game violent? Yes or no? Does your game have sex in it? Yes or no? Are there boobies? Yes or no? Does someone get shot? Yes or no? Is there blood? Yes or no? Like, no. It's it's more than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Very detailed questionnaire, and then from that, it's going to generate um, a rating. Um, I don't know if a lot of people don't know this, how the ratings actually work, but uh, I'm not going to get into detail about it, but basically, um, people at the ESRB do not play the games. They, uh, the developer sends them a DVD or like a video. So, you know, if somebody's using VHS as a possibility, I guess. <laughs> but, um, well, I guess in the old days it was. It's really actually not that complicated. They send them a DVD and they have a panel of not even necessarily just ESRB people, but like parents and things like that, I guess, like from groups that they've gathered. And then they sit them in front of the DVD and they watch it. And yeah. it's supposed to be the the most brutal, most terrible stuff that's in that game. Which, you know, when you're going from, like, say, Red Dead to, like, My Little Pony, there's an obvious difference. But even those things, you know, as far as comic mischief and all those things, that's how they get determined. And that's how they decide what a game should be rated. Yeah, pretty so. much. And that's that. And the thing is, like, they have to do it for every game. So instead of organizing the focus groups and looking at the DVDs of all these different games, they're just going to do the questionnaire now. Um one of the big pushes quite possibly might be... Well, one thing for sure, they're getting way more games to rate than they ever did. And a lot of their a lot of the games are coming out before they get rated. You know, and that's, that's a problem. Yeah, and and it's and a lot of it is because of the the rise of online games. It's it's a lot harder to keep track of every single game that comes out when you know. Yeah, you have your games that come out on the consoles and on a PC, but even then on PC you have games that come out they're exclusively online only. You know, download only, and it gets kind of hard to keep up with that. Uh, the one figure that I saw was basically that like the the Motion Picture Association does basically the same thing that the SRV does, and they only rate about 850 movies a year versus 1,600 games that get rated by the SRB, and it only keeps rising as far as video games are concerned. So that's a big friggin' difference, and it makes sense that they're trying to kind of streamline the you know streamline the task so that things actually do get rated before they come out, and so that there's a more, I guess, nice system in place so that it's not so friggin' stressful, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I guess the one positive for this for the developers is that, well, major major retailers will not stock a game if it's not rated. Um, you cannot put a game out on the 360, uh, you know, 360 Wii or PS3 without it being rated. Yeah, by the so, SRB. Yeah. yeah, by the SRB. So now the developers will be able to get ratings faster, um, which may help them with that. However, my thing is you need, you need a, a good financial backing to get into a major retailer or on any of the consoles. So, if you are have that financial back anyway, you I don't think you really would have had a problem, you know, getting your game rated in the first place. But I guess it's good that the option is there now. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I guess the only other thing that I see out of it too is that, and and it's happened less over time now, I guess. But there was, um, you know, stories about how you'd sit parents in front of a DVD that somebody had made for a game, and that the worst thing in it could be, you know, somebody getting punched in the face and blood coming out, and like that was enough for somebody to be like oh my god, that's terrible, M rating. But like, it's because people are so different and it was something that, you know, games weren't getting rated equally, you know, kind of. So, you know, the fact that they're trying to automate the process a little bit, and it's not just the questionnaire, but they're actually filling out, they actually have like a computer algorithms and stuff that they're, they're going to run to go through games as well to try and figure out what's, uh, you know, what's good and what's not and, you know, how things should be rated. Um, but I think you avoid more of those like uneven rating deals where like something gets teen that something else that has the the same content and it gets an m rating so i don't know i think it's a could be good yeah but i'm sure that they're going to be people have problems with it basically yeah i don't think you have um like if you're worried about you know developer lying or publisher lying and getting a a different rating than it should be there are there will be penalties um, yeah i mean for that and it, that well, that's already happened once, and I mean it was kind of unexpected. But hot coffee was, you know, I think bad enough that nobody's really gonna purposefully attempt to cover up something that's in their game. That's you know, because that was a heck of a backlash from that. That somebody yeah. else did, would try and repeat that. <laughs> yeah, but you know, people do forget things, so we'll, it will that's inevitably true. happen again. So, um. Okay, we can. Well, Jason, you got any? You got any comments on that? You guys covered pretty much about everything on that one. Oh, okay. I thought you were gonna have like a snazzy comeback this time. Well, if uh, he has us laughing and crying for another ten minutes, we're not ever gonna get done with this podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just start talking about gym class again. <laughs> so, all right. So let's uh, we'll move on. Let's talk about Project Cafe. Um, and for those who don't know what Project Cafe is. That is the code name for the new Nintendo system. Um, the Wii the, 2, as some people are calling it, but it's being called Project Cafe by Nintendo. So Yeah, Nintendo is calling it Project <laughs> Cafe, so that's what we're calling it. And I really don't think it's going to be a second coming of the Wii. You know, um, the Nintendo's already mentioned that they want to do something different. Making another Wii game or another Wii console isn't different. It's just the same, more of the same. Um, we do know, I shouldn't say, uh, well, I shouldn't say we know, but we know that it's expected, the price is expected to be between 350 and 400 which for a brand new console, can't say that's bad. Um, seeing how the PS3 came out at, what, 500 well, six, well, depending on what version. Which version, yeah, 600, yeah, 600 for the, for the, for the best version. Um, the controller supposedly has a was six point two, yeah, six point two inch wide touch screen, yeah, you touchscreen. know, which that has um, you can do a lot with that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That you, you can actually do a lot with that. Um, that's also, like bigger than the DS, doesn't it? That I is think easily. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is gonna be the thing. Is like actually, I don't even know if they're gonna keep a six point two inch screen in there. Because, like, like what I just mentioned, it is pretty large. That means the controller itself is going to be pretty big. Unless it's mostly touchscreen, 
and that's kind of an interesting development all on its own, but it's supposed to have normal buttons as far as what I've heard. But, I mean, of course, it's all a lot of speculation and, you know, rumors and industry insiders who supposedly know. But, I mean, the controller was supposed to be the one thing that was kind of solid, and it's supposed to have normal buttons as well. So, I guess it will be a pretty big controller. Might be looking at the second coming of the the original Xbox controller. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Watermelon Part 2. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I have big hands, so I actually did not have a problem with the original Xbox controller. But I remember friends, like, fumbling around with it. It was actually... I've got big hands, and I had huge problems with that controller. Still do. Hate that controller. <laughs> really? Wow. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. I, I, I never had a problem with it. Um, so the, we already knew that the GPU is going to outpace the PS3 and the Xbox 360 because it, it will be the most powerful console out on the market. Um yeah, uh, and therefore, like uh, it's going to allow for full 1080p resolution, which isn't anything new. Um, however, for Nintendo, yeah, for, <laughs> yeah. First of all, it is new for Nintendo. Second of all, if they can get if they can get 60 frames per second um, on this, on you know, a steady for 60 frames per second on all the games at 1080p, that will be an accomplishment. Because right now with consoles. You can play at 1080p, but you're not paying. You're barely, barely playing at a steady 30 frames per second. But it'll be impressive to see 60 frames per second at 1080p. Um, you know, stereoscopic 3D functionality, um, but they don't know if the feature will be standard across all units. Um, also, there will be motion controls, but I don't believe they're included with the system, which I am perfectly fine with that. Yeah, although they are, there there has been like rumblings that you will be able to use a regular Wii controller with it. So like you kind of like what they did with you know the Wii itself, where you could use GameCube controllers and stuff. Still, I guessing it's kind of going to be the the same sort of thing. And then I guess if you already have a Wii, then you may not have to get a new motion controller, which is nice for those people, I guess. But yeah, same thing. I I could, don't really care all that much about motion gaming, especially where the Wii's concern or Nintendo's concern. Just give me a Legend of Zelda game I don't have to swing a remote at. <laughs> yes, please. Yes, I'm tired of my arm getting tired from playing a game. <laughs> you know, so. But, um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're expecting to get more information. Well, we will get more information at E3. E3? June. Or yeah. is it July? June. <laughs> it's June. June. Okay. And it's supposedly <laughs> supposed to be playable there, too, from what I heard. Yeah, they're supposed to have a full playable like you know version of the system available at e3 that they're going to be showing off so we'll see and i mean considering if it's supposed to get released in 2012 it makes good sense that they would you know have a playable version of it now yeah i would expect for mario to be a playable title there reason being i mean every time they come out with a new console with new hardware or new graphics mario is their centerpiece actually i got a bet for you i don't think it's gonna be mario i think it's gonna be pikmin Pikmin? I'm being dead serious. I think it's Pikmin. As their showcase game? As one of the showcase games, yes. I'll bet you some Chick-fil-A on that. All right, cool. (laughs) (laughs) So it's on. I don't even know about what I can weigh into this debate. Those are like, that's really different. (laughs) Listen, all I'm saying is they they launch a brand new $250 handheld console that does 3D, and their choice of game is Pilot Wings? Well, that's what I'm thinking. Like, yeah, right? they've already done one 
awkward, completely awkward game for a launch title. I don't know if they're going to do that again. <laughs> Although it's supposedly one of the better games on the system. But two years uh, ago, one of the E3s, uh, Shigeru Miyamoto even said in like a roundtable, just off the side, like, "Yeah, we're working on a Pikmin three, but nothing yet." I don't necessarily think they're going to take that opportunity. It may be one of the games that they show off because people like Pikmin. But I, think, I don't think it's going to be the game. I think the. I think the game is going to be because I mean, think about it. You have the most powerful console of all time, and we're going to show Pikmin. Yes, not just Pikmin. Internet ready Pikmin with no friend codes. Oh. <laughs> Are you secretly like sending letters to Nintendo? I, <laughs> it seems like you have this like well planned out. Someone's got to read it. I, I will give Jason some credit with that idea, though. Um, when you think about it, if you're going to show off your most powerful system ever, you might want to show off Mario. But Pikmin's actually not a bad choice yeah. because you can show exactly how much a system can do when you have like eight million Pikmin running around yeah, the screen doing Pikmin. ridiculous stuff. I mean, like it's not necessarily a serious like this is our AAA launch title. Like, but it's almost like Sony showing off the ducks every time they have a new system. And this time they pick up, instead of a soda can from Pepsi, they pick up an entire six-pack of Dr. Pepper. (laughs) Okay. Got my six-pack of, you know, Corona. That'd be great. (laughs) (laughs) Nintendo's family-friendly. That's that's true. Yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm still thinking... it's not like this is not a portable handheld system. You know what I'm saying? Like this is this is the system. This is gonna be their return to you know, the 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 graphics arms race. See yeah. I, the thing is like I, I know that we'll see Mario in some way, shape or form. And I don't think Pikmin is necessarily a bad choice to show off, but I really think that like it it doesn't even boil down to it being like, here's the one title they show off. Like they have to like come out with like a naval warship of games to show people that like Nintendo's still serious. I think that when you actually really get down to it, that I don't even think it's necessarily going to be a Nintendo title that they carry as here's the standard for like how awesome the system is going to be. I think it's going to be third party. That's right. yes is. Okay. That's put up against you guys for Chick Fil A. Okay, okay. So Jared has Mario. I have Pikmin, and Rob has Eternal Darkness too. We're all good now. <laughs> yeah, you have to pick a game, Rob. Uh, no, nah, I guess it's unfair because it's third party. Okay, I'll let you ride with third party. I'll let you ride with third party title. Yeah, I mean, all right, all right. if you really wanted, if you, if I really had to hazard a guess, but see, it really depends on if they're able to do it. I would say Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, because we do. Yeah, Grand Theft Auto is. I guess pretty much confirmed as being in development for the new Nintendo console. So that might be it. I think Grand Theft Auto is going to be one of the showcase games, but we're talking about Nintendo here. And we're talking about Mario here. I mean, like, Mario does not sell poorly. You know what I'm saying? It's true, but it's... And 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 I know it's hard to say, like, Nintendo's going to let themselves be upstaged by a third party, but, like, they have to show people that they're serious this time, basically. That Because, like, as well as the Wii sold, it wasn't really a success because, like, there was no real support for that system. You have to show that you're serious and that people are actually going to back it this time, and I think you have to show a third, like, have a third party show off their game as, like, your, here's the benchmark kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I, guess I do think they're going to show third party. I think they're going to show plenty of third party um, at E3. Well, maybe not necessarily this E3, but, well, some at this E3. But, um, you know, especially as it gets closer. But their their flagship is Mario, man. I mean, they're the only people who still have a flagship. 
Nobody has a flagship game. Well, has a flagship character anymore. Mario is their flagship character. He is, when you see Mario, you think Nintendo. So he's going to carry the banner all the way to victory. I guess so. I mean, like, I guess on that, like, I I can't really argue with that logic because it makes so much sense. But I think that they have to do something different. And that's why I don't like I think that they will make a showing. I think you'll see Zelda. I think you'll see Mario. I think you'll see Donkey Kong. I think you'll probably even see Kirby now that like they brought him back. And you'll probably see stuff like Pikmin. But I think that like the, the spotlight will be on the fact that like, hey, we're Nintendo. But guess what? We actually have third party support this time. For real. <laughs> <laughs> That. Yeah, I, mean, I you know, it's all speculation, but we'll see. <laughs> um, you know, but like uh, now, you know, you know, things it, we have the bets in place. Okay, and we'll see who wins. We'll see who's going to be eating some 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 free Chick Fil A. That's all I'm saying. We'll see. We shall yeah. see. We shall I, see come June. I'm just letting you guys know that I get a a, a cheese a cheesecake every time I'm there. So just be cheesecake. prepared. Like they sell like an entire cheesecake. No, no, just a piece of cheesecake, and it is delicious. Well, I, I get myself a a nice chicken sandwich with a fantastic shake with whipped cream and cherry on top. So keep that in mind. Okay. And our sponsor today, uh, Chick Fil A. Remember, if you mention the Mashcast, ten percent off your next cookies and cream milkshake. The the supported drink by Jason Worsen is for the Mashcast. Eat oh. more chicken. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's let's move on. Um, quick discussion about Epic Games and their fear of the 99 cent app. Um, uh, I shouldn't even say Epic Games, but their president and CEO does believe that 99 cent apps are kind of killing them or killing the game industry. Um, basically he says that, you know, Epic's been around for about 20 years and they're really uncertain about what's coming next in the game industry. He says it's a really uncertain time. Um, they don't know if physical distribution will be here, if anybody's going to care about the next generation console, um, if you can make money on PC, or you know if everybody's going mobile. Like They don't know. I should say they don't know, but they're kind of concerned about which path to actually take. And if they're thinking this, it's got to be more than just them. You know, in terms of developers and publishers thinking the same thing, um, and they think he said that you know, with people, so many people buying ninety nine cent apps, how do you get them to justify justify buying a sixty dollar game? And I was really surprised when I saw that. I'm like, what do you mean? How do you justify them buying a sixty dollar game? Unless uh, you're trying to pull one over on people, you justify it by having a quality game. That's how you do it. Exactly. It's, it's a vastly different experience to get a 99-cent app as a game and get a $60 game. Or at least it should be. If you're really worried that you're di- the difference in quality is that little, that scares me more so than the fact that 99-cent apps exist. I don't... I, I see... Uh, there's there's room for both, you know. Like there's something that you play when you want something really, really quick, and it doesn't really matter what it looks like. Your your Tetris clone, your Angry Birds, whatever it is. Versus when you you know slap down sixty dollars to get Bulletstorm or the New Year's or or whatever it is that Epic puts out. It's it, like uh, if you're, I, I'm just scared that you're worried about the quality difference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. I mean, like if if Angry Birds cost sixty dollars. No, it's not worth it. It no. costs a dollar. Yes, it's worth it. You know what I'm saying? 
Like, you don't have to make Gears of War and then sell it for 99 cents just to compete with Angry Birds. I mean, you two aren't even on the same playing field. Those 99 cent apps aren't even on the same level as some of these console games. Well, all of these console games in terms terms of, (laughs) yeah, graphics and, um, I don't want to say hours of gameplay, but I want to say... People can sink a lot of hours into a game that really doesn't have much to do with it. So. Yeah, be that's really simple. But still, like, nobody is going to sit and play Angry Birds for hours at a time. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's people who play Gears in one sitting. You know what I'm saying? Like, last yeah. weekend, I had... player for ten straight hours. <laughs> yeah, I had to have, like, a three-and-a-half-hour, um, you know, playthrough... Of Portal, you know, when I was playing Portal 2. Like, one sitting was three and a half hours for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to do that with Angry Birds. You know what I'm saying? Actually, I only play that game when I'm in the bathroom. A lot of people only play that game when they're in the bathroom. You know what I'm saying? Or, like, waiting somewhere, train station, bus stop, barbershop. You know, stuff like that. You know? But, like, yeah, I mean, how are you concerned with that? Like, I mean, I can understand, like, (laughs) it would have been different. He was like, yeah, you know, how do we get into the industry or make money into that you know, in that asset aspect of the industry. Yeah, but those games, but the other and the, yeah, what he's actually talking about, like it's not a threat to you. Like it's, it's not a direct threat. It's not going to you know destroy your business or take your business. Really, I don't yeah. don't see it. I mean, like I see the you know that that it's an uncertain time, but basically you adapt. That's that's the basic answer to like any real question that you're asking. As long as you're still providing a quality game, then it makes that $60 price tag worth it because that's why you spend millions of dollars in development. You have to have the quality to back it up. If you're if you're putting out crap, then yeah, you should be worried. But if you're not, then you shouldn't be. Um, it, it's really that simple. Like if you know if things go digital, then you make your games digital, which is already happening. I don't see how that's really like a scary time or it's really uncertain. Like it makes sense, you know, like that things go digital. You can make money on PC. It's already starting to be proven. Um, it, he's just kind of. It just sounds like I don't know, worrying about nothing a little bit. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, it's like if you know your target audience. I mean, uh, um. Uh, not even you don't even have to be a hardcore gamer, but like a regular gamer, who that's who you should be making your games for. Gamers, not everybody. You know what I'm saying? Like you, a gamer is not gonna trade in his 360 and go get like you know an iPad or you know the Zoom, you know, yeah. and start playing these mobile games. Not at all. And you're gonna have people that have you know both of those things. You're gonna have people that have you know their iPhone and their their iPad, and they also have a you know a system or a PC that they play or a Mac that they play games on. But like, no, I I couldn't even think of trading on all my systems and then going get an iPad and using that as like my only platform for entertainment. I no. <laughs> I, I would be trying to slip my wrist with that iPad in like a week <laughs> if that was all I had. If you locked me in a room with that and said, "Here, play some games on it," and like that's all you've got, I you'd find me dead in the room with like the the iPad sharpened to deadly edges <laughs> somehow, some way. You make it happen, but yeah, I just thought I was really surprised when I read that. I'm like, why, why, like, why are you concerned about that, like? There's no threat from 99 cent apps, you know, killing the industry. You know what I'm saying? Um, now, I think Miyamoto had a point when he said that 
too many garbage apps would pull down the industry, or too many garbage or junk games would pull down the industry. You know, yeah. that's okay. Yes, that's a concern. So if he took that aspect, that's one thing. But he's talking about like from a straight up sales perspective, like how am I going to compete when they can get the games for so cheap? You know, do you know why people buy games? That's, it sounds like you don't. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's what it makes it sound like. But you know, I'm not saying that he doesn't know what people, why people buy games. I mean, he's the president of Epic. They've been doing this for a very long time. I, mean, I know he knows why people buy games. So, but the thing is, like, it just makes it sound like, like, you know, it sounds like he doesn't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. I just I was very confused when I heard, not sorry, not heard, but when I read that he said that. So, uh, Jason, what are your thoughts? They're two entirely different demographics, two entirely different crowds. I mean, I enjoy Angry Birds much as the next guy, but in fact, just a week ago, I was over at Buddy's house. We were trying to install Borderlands to get that thing going. And during the downtime, I was like, hey, man, play with my iPad. I got all these games. So I'm like, cool. And about five minutes later, I had gone through about 20 of his games, and they were all just like, oh, this one, you have to make the trees go here. And I'm like, this is, uh, I wish I had my nook with me. Like, like, I mean, I love reading as well, but, like, if, if I want to put down, like, a game to read a book, it gives you a pretty good indication of my, you know, interest level. <laughs> what are these books you speak of? Well, they're, like, video games, but it's, it's all cutscene. I hate it. Uh, <laughs> but, but in truth, like, they're just entirely different. I mean, I think that a $2 game could have as much quality as a $60 game. But again, they're wholly different experiences, and the only the, person, yeah, go like, ahead. No, you go on. You go on. I, I was gonna say, for the most part, I mean, like you said, two dollar games versus a sixty dollar game. You can have that same level of quality, but for the most part, that dollar game, that ninety nine cent app, is a distraction more so than it is an experience that you get with a sixty dollar game. That's yeah. That's where I see the 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 divergence being. It might be. It's kind of like you know taking a disposable camera or a digital camera. Yeah, you're going to get a similar experience with both, but you're not going to hold on to the digital camera forever. Maybe it's a flimsy analogy, but I don't know. Just like, I mean, has anyone here ever, like, found themselves saying, man, 20 hours this week, gone, because I was playing Angry Birds. Unless you're waiting for DMV, then waiting for the dentist office, then waiting for a train, <laughs> then waiting for the dentist to get on the train because he wasn't at his office. Uh, but it's just like, it's 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 apples and tractor trailers like i said before in another podcast they're just entirely different things yeah so i don't know we'll, we'll see what comes from that we see epic make a major major switch you know oh we're only making ipad apps now then yeah and and i think that that in, in and of itself that they haven't you know done that already if that's what they really thought was like the way to go you probably would have seen them do something crazy like that already, which obviously means they know that the money is not there. Like, I think it's just fear of something new, but not a, an actual, you know, real realized fear, you know, not one that makes any sense. Yeah. So, all right, though, well, moving on, let's talk about the elephant in the room. <laughs> the only news that's been happening for the last two weeks, apparently the PSN outage, you know, <laughs> the PSN it is, it's the only news that seems to be getting any real attention yeah, yeah at first it was funny because uh, I mean I, I mean, let me say this first I am a uh, PS3 owner I use PSN so you know 
my account information is also in danger. But the way like it looked, it was you know at first it was oh PSN is down, ha ha, Sony got owned um, by the hackers because they're you know they're against the hacker community and oh, Xbox Live is better and blah blah blah. And then it's like <laughs> then they announce oh your personal and credit card information may have been compromised. Everybody's like, oh, shit just got real. That's, <laughs> you know? That's basically what happened. And, and, you know, all the, the fanboys are standing off on the side going, la, 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 which, you know, is going to happen. But Yeah. So, like, you know, basically, they, I'm not even going to give you a complete rundown of what happened because you should, you should already know. If you listen to this, you already know what happened. Yeah, you know? and if you, if you, you know, if you, don't never had a PSN account or you don't, you know, deal with PlayStation at all, then it doesn't really affect you, so you shouldn't know. But anybody else probably already has a pretty good idea of what's happened so far. But yeah. That's why we're here. We're gonna talk about it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> PSN like you know, short long story short, PSN went down um last Wednesday, was it? Last Wednesday, Thursday? Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday. Last Wednesday yeah. PSN goes down. Um I think as of Friday or Saturday, they did not know when there was gonna be backup. Then early this week, around Tuesday ish, we started hearing yeah, six days after it went down. Yeah. yeah, like we started hearing about oh, well, hackers got the information. They got uh, credit card information. There was a scare. Like, uh, well, I should say this: a couple months ago, it was found that PSN data was not encrypted. So credit card information, addresses, phone numbers, all that important stuff was not encrypted. It was in plain text. As of right now, you know, so there was a scare that when that information first came out, that your information was just out there and the hackers had gotten it. So people were rushing to get credit card numbers changed and checking their accounts and signing them up for free, you know, for free creditreport.com, which isn't free, by the way, uh, for those who haven't checked that out yet. But, um, you know, a lot of panic going on. Then, you know, about a day later, we come to find out that SOE data. Actually, I think all SOE data was encrypted, and PSN credit card numbers are encrypted. Right, SOE, they, they have all their stuff in a different area altogether, so none of their stuff was compromised. So, you know, like your DC Universe, your Free Realms, that's that, that sort of thing, especially where you're paying the monthly subscription or you have microtransactions, none of those were compromised because they're literally in a physically different location than the, the PSN you know, I guess backlog, but PlayStation Network, your your name, address, you know, things of that nature were were not encrypted. But the the credit cards themselves were were encrypted, and they also didn't have CVCs because PlayStation Network doesn't ask for them. So even if I guess they got to it, which Sony seems to think like they don't have any reason to believe that they have gotten to it. Um, they think they only got to the the personal information, which is bad. You know, no, no changing that at all. Um, but they were just warning people against, you know, the fact that, you know, be careful. Watch your, you know, watch your credit card information. It's, it, it doesn't look like it, but it's possible that it was taken to an encryption isn't 100%. It's not perfect. It doesn't, you know, just because it's encrypted doesn't mean that once they get it, they can't do something with it. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, besides, I'm not necessarily too worried about the credit card stuff, and this is why. I mean, of course, I'm going to check it out. I'm going to watch out and make sure, you know, my money's not being stolen. Um, but there, there's a few reasons. One, actually, the account that I use, like for like my PSN and my three and my like my Xbox Live stuff, 
is a very low balance account that I only use for online transactions. So I keep it low until I move money to that account. So that's one reason. Um, second reason is because once credit card, once it becomes known, like if there's like, you know, a credit card theft or like, you know, information like that is stolen, um, whoever steals it, it's only good to them while people don't know it's stolen. So once the news went out and people started panicking and canceling credit cards and changing numbers and stuff like that, a lot of that information is no longer worth anything. So who knows if whoever stole it, even if they could get past the encryption, if it's even worth it to them at this point. No. Right. And on top of that, I mean, if you're if they were using the data, say, online or attempting to, for most sites, you need the CVC code, which they didn't have, for one thing. And then on top of that, there probably would have been some, at, at some point, somebody would have said, like, hey, that my stuff's gotten used, so there's a problem. And none of the major credit card companies have reported any, you know, odd usages in relation to Sony accounts. So Yeah. But that's a mention, like, I know at least for my card company, if if they know that I'm in the United States and somebody over in Russia is using my credit card to get to buy stuff, they'll notify me and ask me what's yeah. going on. Get Actually, <laughs> when I went to Vegas, they were asking me what was going on. If it's outside of your normal range of purchase. Yeah, a lot, and that includes banks too. Not even just credit card companies. A lot of banks will either flag your card or shut it down until they contact you or you contact them because you realize it doesn't work. Yeah, the first so. question they asked me when I picked up the phone was like, "Where are you physically located right now?" <laughs> you know, so I was like, yeah, "They'll ask you about it." Mm-hmm. What I am more concerned about: um, username and password information, because you know, well, your username is an email address. Password is a password, and most people use the same password for a lot of stuff with that with that email address. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I can see a lot of damage coming from that more so. And the thing is, like, I don't, you know, I know I have quick access to my bank accounts. You know what I'm saying? I don't even know how many accounts I have across the internet using that email address. <laughs> you know what I'm right. saying? That's true. Because, I mean, you just, you know, everything requires that you have an email address to sign up for things now. You know, everything wants you to make a password for stuff. And it's so much easier to remember one or two passwords. You know, maybe you have something different for your bank account than you have for, you know, when you're on a forum or something. But at the same time, like, at the most, how many people have more than, say, three accounts, like, three passwords that they use for stuff? The average person. Average person uses one account, you know, one thing for everything because that's all they can keep in their head <laughs> at yeah. one point in time. Seriously. So, you know, that's one thing. I'm more concerned about that. Um, but this has caused a lot of uh, trouble for for the customers. I mean, um, there's, you know, class action lawsuits going on. People who are paying for PlayStation Plus, which Sony is actually talking about how they're going to compensate them or. Hi, uh, right here. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I don't play. I don't. Sorry, I don't pay for PlayStation Plus. Um, so you know, I don't really think I'll be compensated. <laughs> but um, you yeah, know, and they're even looking in the compensation for people who you know don't have PlayStation Plus. Just 
PlayStation Network users in general. Like they haven't specified anything on you know on any level um, because you know there's DC Universe people that you know they, they're Sony online entertainment accounts, but they're still affected by PSN being out because they still can't access their game. And they're looking into compensation for those people. They're looking into compensation for PlayStation Plus, but they are still looking at you know other ways to compensate people who are affected by the outage because you know now it's going on more than a week and. It, while they keep saying like, oh, a couple more days, a couple more days, you know, they said a couple of days when it started. And, you know, the more time people have to stew over it, the more angry people are going to be and the more compensation they're going to be, they're going to be asking for. So Sony better come up with something. <laughs> yeah. But it's not only Sony that's looking into it now. Now Uncle Sam is getting his, is getting involved in it. Yeah, FBI um, is involved. You have senators sending them letters. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you know, like the government doesn't care about video games. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And now they're getting involved, so you know it's actually pretty serious. Um, you know, especially when people's credit is involved. You know, things like that. Like stuff like this, this is like just as bad as um let's see, what was a really bad incident? Uh, oh, for example, um Blue Cross when that executive got his um laptop stolen. Do you guys remember that? A couple uh, years back? Donators, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. that has that had a lot of personal information that had um, yeah. names, addresses, phone numbers, social security numbers. You know, now you have name, address, phone number, and credit card information if they can crack it. You know, so the feds are definitely are getting involved in that, and Sony's being compliant, which I think they really don't have a choice. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody in that situation has a choice. I mean, they handled it badly because the one thing that they've said, you know, now, like in the in the past couple of days since they've released the fact that there was information stolen, was that they basically said like we didn't know that information was stolen, and that was kind of a bad way to handle it because even if you didn't know, you should still warn people what happened and what the possibilities are. I know you don't want to start a panic, but you have to tell people. I mean, like, even if you're pretty sure, you know, say, like, like, credit card information didn't get stolen, there's still a lot of other information. And, like, personally, I'm not too worried about it, you know, for, like, what, you know, the information that, get, you know, did get taken. Um, because, you know, to me, I'm I'm wondering, you know, out of the 70-something million people, or 77 million, I think it was, estimated people, you know, how many of those people have that same information on their Facebook that's open to the public? You know, like, that was that was a point that was brought up to me. So... I mean, you wonder about stuff like that when people are getting all up in arms about, you know, issues like that and the fact that Facebook sells your information anyway, you know, and how many people use that. So I'm not so worried about that information as as I am as how they handled the situation because you have to let people know at some point. Even if you're not sure, tell them that you're not sure, but this is the possibility. And that was, I think, the the worst part of it because it was almost a full week before, you know, after the outage, where they had corresponded with the public, but didn't tell them, "Hey, some of your stuff got stolen." <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, I think something that's actually putting more people into a panic is uh, there's a group of hackers claiming that the PSN numbers that they have the numbers, they cracked the encryption, and that they put the numbers up for sale. Um, this actually could just be a tactic, you know, could just be uh, a bluff. To get some money, you know, because I think actually Sony has offered to pay for that for that information. So if they actually do pay for that information, then and if it was just a bluff, that I guess it was successful. 
Right, because they got their money, but you know, somebody put it the cost. It doesn't have to be somebody who actually wants them wants the information, just somebody who wants to keep it from somebody else. Right, so right, right. but I, I think it's a bluff because they're saying that they have two point two million users like credit card information and they also have the C V C numbers, which Sony's already said implicitly, and I know from experience with you know, using my card on the PlayStation Network, they don't ask for your C V C code, so there's no real way they could have gotten it. You know, so I think it's a bluff. I, I think it's just a, a tactic to grab money or scare people even further, really. More than likely, and I think Sony probably just wants to pay for it just to get it taken care of, you know? Yeah, public goodwill showing, too, because then it's like, well, we're willing to foot the bill even if it is fake. Yeah. Because that's how much we care. <laughs> because but they have so, to show something. 2.2 <laughs> million out of 77 ain't that bad. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like... Huh. Yeah, it sounds crappy in a way, but really, it, when you consider how many people it could, if you consider the fact that it could have been 77 million people who got all of their stuff taken, including credit card numbers, then that would have been a vastly, vastly different situation. Yeah, but, it's like, I I'm, mean, even if it, yeah. I wonder if they got to R on their list. Do I want to take <laughs> that chance? You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> so, but, um, yeah, Sony's feeling a lot of heat from this. People talking about defecting to the Xbox camp. And even once this is all gets taken care of, like this is going to affect Sony because people aren't going to feel secure with their information on you know on PSN. Um, I know some people are saying that they're never going to use their credit card on PSN again. You know, they might just buy the PlayStation points and then put the codes in. But some people aren't going to deal with it like at all. Yeah, you know but saying? you know what? The only thing about that is that people are very quick especially i guess these days you know sound like an old person but to the first thing out of their mouth is like i'm never going to use that service again i'm never going to buy that again i'm never going to read this again i'm never going to do this again and it's like a tactic to to get a company to say like oh god we'll we'll compensate you so that you keep using us because it's that i guess almost retail mindset that like customers always right so if i complain loud enough squeaky wheel gets the grease i get something out of it because i was going to use it anyway i just don't need to let them know that you know, sort of thing. And I don't think everybody is like that. I think some people are legitimately concerned. But I think it's a nut, but I think that a lot of it's knee jerk, like, well, how much can I get out of this incident from them? Because, you know, by swearing like I'm never gonna use, you know, Sony again. You know, it gamers are fickle anyway to a certain extent. I mean, like a lot of them have fanboy loyalties, but you know, people are kinda quick to switch between systems anyway. So um the what was the uh the percentage, I think it was 20%. 20%, of, yeah. Yeah, and, and honestly, I don't even know where the study came from because I I didn't see where the actual study came from. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, I mean, that doesn't really surprise me because if you polled 360 users, I'm sure there's a percentage of them that are willing to, you know, that are thinking about switching to another system because, like, gamers are always kind of, like, looking for greener pastures in a, little, in a sense. But, you know, I, I don't know. And, and a lot of it is going to be, if you're taking the poll right now, like, yeah. People are going to be thinking that. PlayStation Network comes back up a month from now. You pull people, not so much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like oh yeah, what under the bridge? Yeah, yeah. It happened. I'm trying to move past it. You know. And then that, and on that sense too, actually, um, developers, because you know, it's not just customers. It's not just Sony that's being affected, but developers who were supposed to put out games that week. Like, in fact, Outland was supposed to come out this week on on PlayStation Network. Um, you know, other games that were out just came out that you know people can't buy and you know people are swearing they're not going to spend money there again so they may not buy when they do go back um you know developers are being affected but the the reaction seems pretty 
you know, like on, on both sides, it seems like some people are saying that we don't really expect it to affect business that much as far as, you know, when it comes back up and people can buy things again. And then some people seem to think that it's going to cause big differences. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, they they really think that, you know, that 20% or, you know, whatever is going to jump ship or those people really aren't going to spend their money on PlayStation Network again. So it's yeah. kind of all over the place. And that's not counting. And that's not even really factoring in the cost that, you know, what missed sales that they had just in the, you know, just in that past week and a half from the being down. Yeah. Uh, some developers are like saying, oh, yeah, but we're expecting a 5 to 10% drop in business, which, um, you know, that's, that's, that's a lot. You don't see any drops at all. Yeah. 5 to 10% is definitely not welcome. And, uh, you know, some report that oh, they've already lost thousands in expected revenue. Um, you know, you have some developers that just rely heavily on PSN, like uh, Liquid um, Firehose games. Yeah. Um, Slam Bolt Scrappers released about a month ago. A little over a month ago, and now, boom, that's that. They, they're nowhere now. I should say, like, they, there's no, the game is nowhere else. Yeah, it's not collecting any revenue while it's down. Like, it's literally not anywhere else to be, you know, to be bought, which yeah. kind of sucks, you know. It's, yeah, it's not so much bigger publishers or you know developers that are being affected. It's it's the littler guys, the guys who put out the indie games that. You know, or they're exclusive to PSN, or that's the platform that they chose for their yeah. particular game. Like Ubisoft, could probably. I mean, they care that Outlands isn't out for PS3, but they're like, we'll get that money back when PSN actually comes up because people will yeah. they'll come back and they will play Outlands. But you have a game like that's not as well known, you know, and it's kind of like, oh, you know, it gets kind of you kind of get you forget about it until you yeah. see it on the front page. Exactly. Uh, Niche titles are they have a window, you know, a couple of weeks where they're they're still new and people might look at them, but after a few weeks things get swept under the rug. Which is gonna be interesting, and that's actually one of the things I've been wondering about, is that, you know, the deals and stuff that PlayStation runs, you know, certain games were on sale, things of that nature. Um, when it comes back, um, you know, how are they gonna work out time frames for like you know this game is technically new now but a week ago this game was supposed to be new are you going to put both of those games up on the front page there's only there's only so much space how are you going to handle that and that's i i wonder about that a little bit more yeah what about you jason what you thinking well, pretty much. I mean, as you guys said, like, you know, pretty much anyone who has, like, a download-only title on PSN, especially those guys who only have it on PSN, are hurting right now. And I think everyone's resolved. They got a lot of people complaining to me, talking about how much, like, oh, PlayStation's letting me down, this and that. But you got to let it keep down until everything's covered. I mean, once they know the full extent of the damage beyond, you know, how much has been out there, whether, like, credit card information has been compromised, even though I know it is encrypted, just in case. I'd rather be safe than sorry. You know, it's one thing to say I want to get online and play SOCOM 4, but, you know, doing so at the risk of, you know, having the security still be a problem. I want everything, you know, perfectly fine before I go back. And while I am kind of, you know, skittish about using my, my credit card again, it's not really a huge deal. I mean, I just change my credit card and then change it back when I need to. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Like, I feel kind of the same way. It's, I, I you know, there's a little bit of worry, but, like, it's... I feel I'll probably feel as much worry as I do anytime you use your card online, especially right. if they've kept it down 
on purpose so that they can, you know, implement security changes and make things more secure. You know, unless they, if they've already got the information, then it's already gotten. Can't change it. You know, you you watch what you have to watch, and you change your card if you have to, and you know, you do those things. But I'm not so much worried about it after it comes back up. And in, in fact, the the fact that if if Sony was really as, you know, the bad guy in the situation as people really think they were. They could have easily just put the network back up as soon as, you know, they kind of halfway recovered from the situation. Just to say, like, hey, it's back up. Yeah, they kind of got some information, but stuff's okay now. You know, like, it could have easily been, you know, that kind of half-assed. <laughs> if they were really as, as evil, evil, you know, evil empire as everybody's kind of, like, trying to make it out to be. I mean, it wasn't good, don't get me wrong, but it, they could have handled it even more badly, you know, but it would it would have appeased people. Some people would have been perfectly fine if PlayStation Network was back up, you know, a couple of days later, even if security wasn't completely fixed, you know, because they don't know that. They're, they're just, they just want their multiplayer game back. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. They just want to play a Call of Duty yeah, and they're not spending it up on their credit card. And so they, what do they care? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to shoot somebody in the face when I get home. I don't give a crap. Yeah, yeah. There's going to be those people. So, I mean, there's... I would rather, you know, as as, bad, you know, as crappy as the outage is, it's definitely... I would rather see it kept down until it's fixed. And I also have the sneaking suspicion that not only are they fixing security, that they're doing some other updates that they probably couldn't have done while the network was back, while the network was still up at the time. I have a sneaking suspicion that they're working on some other stuff, like while they have it down at the same time, that they're gonna kind of like surprise <laughs> yeah. to try and like make people be like, oh, well, hey, they got some new stuff on here, so yeah. it's kind of cool. Yeah, PSN is up, and we have a brand new interface. Yeah, you know? like, here is voice chat cross games. You know, like, I'm, I'm half expecting something like that, that, you know, something that people have been requesting for a long time to be like, hey, well, while it was down, we, you know, we implemented some changes. Yeah. I'm, I'm half expecting something like that is because they have to they have to show as much kind of like goodwill gestures as they can um, because like they are going to get hurt a little uh, a bit by you know fallout from this even if it's not directly from say like a class action lawsuit they're still you know when they have to deal with developers that put their games completely on Sony and and things of that nature you're going to have to deal with some fallout that's going to cost them money so. Yeah, so we'll we'll continue to watch that development and see what happens. And uh, you know, we already have some information on the site, but you know, we'll continue to you know, report on it. But um, that's gonna wrap us up here on this podcast. Uh, what's coming out in the next two weeks? Only thing, well, there's two things I see. Isn't it MotorStorm Apocalypse still coming out? Uh, MotorStorm, I believe, is still coming out. And um, Brink is coming out. Brink, yeah, Brink got pushed up, actually, so that will be out in a couple weeks. Yeah, and then if you're into the Lego thing, Lego Pirates of the Caribbean is also coming out. Looks fun, actually. Yeah, it, it does look, it does look fun. So it I can't, I can't knock care it. About pirates, it looks fun. Yeah, I can't knock it. So, um, yeah, you can look out for that for the next two weeks. Uh, for those who didn't know, we did record a special edition Mashcast. Um, that was actually released. On Friday, the 29th. Today, the 29th. Yeah, recording this. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't. Wa- I didn't want to tell him when we recorded it, Rob. You just, you just blew the whole operation wide open. Oh God. <laughs> nah, it's all good. Uh, but uh, yeah, so it's today, the 29th. Um, 
we uh, sorry it was released today the 29th but um you know you guys check it out it's basically it's a concept podcast on piracy um basically the reason it's a concept podcast because we were thinking about creating a whole new another podcast series that's topic based uh so we gave it a shot on the special edition um very important for us that you give us feedback on that one like we always ask for feedback on every podcast but we really need the feedback on the special edition so if you can give us feedback loved it hated it whatever just let us know you know just comment on the site or comment on soundcloud comment on facebook whatever just let us know what you think um you know what you would like to see improved if anything at all you can just say i hated it shut up and it would be like okay if there's a whole bunch of people that say that. Um, also, any suggestions you may have, we're interested in that too. But uh, as for this podcast, we still want to hear what you got to say. So if you have any questions, comments, concerns, um, love it, hate it, let us know on the site, on SoundCloud. Um, you can visit us at uh, on Twitter at uh, twitter.com slash site. Um, Facebook is facebook.com slash mash those buttons. And of course it's just mash those buttons.com is our website. And, um, yeah, come visit us and let us know what you think. Uh, that's going to wrap it up for us and we will catch you next time. So long. Later.